WFAE's David Borax has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 51, we chat with CFD Chief Reggie Johnson and recap the last week. All right, R&D in the QC, welcome to episode 51 we did not have an episode Monday night. Uh, a, Mr. Bakari was not was not here. He was en route back from a, a little family getaway. We'll talk B, about that later. There really wasn't much to talk about. It was the shortest and most boring, which we were all very excited about zoning meeting we've had. Today. Well, you know what? They're boring when you've done all the hard work ahead of time and everyone's asking for the same thing, or when people bring things to you that neighbors aren't. Uh, carrying pitchforks and torches about. We'll get back to that later, though. We have a special guest, right? So anyway, it is, what is today? Thursday, I'm going to call it. We'll call it Thursday. And we are here Thursday morning. We, we are embarrassed. We have realized that it is the first time we have had Charlotte Fire Department Chief Reggie Johnson on the show. So our apologies. We were, we assumed that we would have someone as distinguished as yourself as quickly as possible. And, uh, and somehow felt, it fell through the cracks. Not a big deal there. I think uh, you are. We're just starting to kick that off. We did have discussions that just never uh, materialized, but we're here today. So now we've done it. Better late than never. And um, so, Chief Johnson, we've got a couple of things we're going to talk to you about. But one that you had said you really want to get out there to the public is the importance and and a focus that we need to have not only as a fire department but as a community around fire and fire and life safety. Um, because we have lost people in our community this year to fires. And um, the one of those that I'm sure all of our listeners read about and heard about was actually over in Councilmember Winston's neighborhood in my district, uh, the Plaza Shamrock neighborhood, where an entire family uh, was impacted, including the loss of three members of that family. And so tell us a little bit about that instance. The other one uh, already in this calendar year where we've lost uh, life in Charlotte to fire and what people need to be thinking about and, and be more conscious of to help avoid those sort of situations and tragedies. Uh, it, it definitely was a tragedy uh, and it uh, really affected not only the, the family, uh, the community, but also uh, the first responders. Uh, we've had, uh, unfortunately, four uh, fire fatalities uh, in the city thus far this year. Uh, we had a total of nine last year, so uh, it, it's important for us to get out here and really have a discussion about uh, fire safety. Um, in the city, a majority of our uh, fires occur uh, because of uh, unattended cooking. Uh, we continue to see that happen, um, and so there's a number of things you need to do there, and most people probably know these, but I'll just go over them anyway. It's just, hey, never leave the kitchen when you're cooking, frying, boiling, or anything of that nature. Watch loose clothing around uh, while you're cooking. Um, and then uh, make sure that you uh, have understanding of you do have a kitchen fire, some of the things you need to worry about in that aspect, right? Never throw water on a grease fire. You know, you try to cover it uh, with a cover. 
You can use flour or something of that nature. Probably best eliminate even, the heat source if possible. Yes, turn it off. Uh, and that was the other thing, you know, if you if you leave the kitchen, turn the burner off. Uh, getting yourself an ABC extinguisher. Uh, don't put it next to the stove, obviously, but have it somewhere in the kitchen that you can get to. Um, so unattended cooking seems to be our biggest issue here. So we've got we've got four fire related fatalities this year. We're now 20- the one in that house was that a candle or was that cooked? Uh, the uh, investigators came back and said there was an unattended candle. That that's some of some of the other things we see here in, in the city. Uh, and the same thing, if you have a, a candle and you leave the room, blow the candle out. Uh, don't go to sleep with candles burning. Uh, but that particular incident, there was unattended candles. So the punchline here is, at any time inside your house that you're doing something with fire, don't leave it on its own and prepare yourself ahead of time if the worst case scenario happens. Is that fair? That, that's fair to say. Don't, now, don't leave that. And also... Make sure around those heat sources, your oven, your furnace, things of that nature, if you're using a a portable heater, three feet around that. No combustible materials. No combustible materials, materials, three feet around that. Um, So are you surprised? I mean, we're 24 days in, four fire-based fatalities. I think you just said nine was the total number last year. I mean, is something... Is it just a you know luck of the draw that this is happening this this fast, or is something changing? No, I would say that uh, this was a very unfortunate incident. Uh, we are starting to see um, large numbers of families living in, in homes together, um, but you know we really just need to get the safety messages out there. This this home did have a working smoke alarm, uh, so then that leads me into hey, you need to have an escape plan. If your front entrance is is blocked what's going to be your secondary means of getting out is it a window is it the back door where are you meeting your family uh, at the mailbox at a tree whatever you need to have those conversations beforehand uh, our life safety educators do an outstanding job they touch each third grade class in the city and they've been doing that 100 percent for the last several years so we're starting young we need to make sure that we're reaching every level uh in the city so in, in my case sorry to be selfish about this but you're you're i'm you know this this is scary to think about when you think about it in real life in my case my wife and i's bedrooms on the first floor our three kids rooms are on the second floor kind of above us there so like i imagine that every single house is is has its own unique plan that you need to put together based on the the way it's laid out i mean is there like some kind of resource or best like upstairs? Do I? I mean, they're one, three, and five. They're not going to figure out how to unroll like a, a ladder. Well, one of the uh, things that, uh, I when I was a kid, I remember my parents did, and I don't feel like I ever see these anymore. But they had when we were younger stickers on our the exterior windows of my sister and I's respective bedrooms, so that the fire department, if they were to come, would know where they needed to get to quickly to get young children out who to Tark's point might not know themselves what to do or might not be capable of, of uh, getting themselves out of that situation. Uh, I don't feel like I see that anymore as a way to identify where children's bedrooms are. Is that still a, a best practice or a recommendation? Uh, you know, I, we don't even see that that much anymore, but uh, that, that's not a bad idea to do that. Um, in my house, I had uh, uh, one of the ladders, but I know your, your children are young, but it's okay to have one of those escape ladders. You know, you can because you, you can might buy make those. it up to them, and then your path gets closed out on you. Well, there, there's a number of things that you need to do, right? There's a lot of studies out there now that people need to start sleeping with their doors closed. Mm. So if if you teach your kids to sleep with the door closed, regardless of where the fire is, it will limit the amount of exposure of smoke, heat, fire. 
and that way they can open the window and kind of and what uh, a lot of people don't realize is it's that smoke that causes many of the deaths and fire related incidents it's all the chemicals people are getting from the smoke it's not necessarily the fire itself that's correct most people die from smoke inhalation But uh, closing the door is something that they've been preaching here a lot lately, where you can go online and look at just different demonstrations between a room that doesn't have a closed door and one that does. You know, so are, are you on a mission now to kind of get the word out? I mean, is that, is that kind of what, what, your, what your goal is? I think with four fire fatalities, that's four too many. You know, we talk about a lot Vision Zero and things of that nature. We should have the same goal uh, mm. for, you know, fire safety. Um, I don't want to say I take it personally, but I kind of do take it personal when the people that we're, we're subject to protect, uh, we're not able to do that. I love that idea of vision zero for fire yeah. safety. That's, that's, that's fantastic. So the average person is, is probably not going to go out and buy a fire ladder or put stickers on the kids' windows maybe. But um, if there were three things that the average family, be it uh, with or without children, can do, is it a fire extinguisher? Is it um... smoke alarm is number one. Smoke alarm will be your number one thing. You should have a smoke alarm on every level of your home, uh, definitely outside your uh, bedrooms, preferably in each bedroom. Um, talk about your escape plan, uh, and then lastly, hey, let's engage in some of the fire safety stuff we talked about as far as cooking safety, unattended candles, smoking materials is another one that we see uh, quite a bit. You need to take take heed to that. If do I am I remembering this correctly that the fire department actually has some programs where if they get called they'll help somebody with with uh, oh, yeah. um, smoke detectors and things like that. That's correct. If you go to uh, our website charlotte.northcarolina.gov/fire backslash slash fire, uh, you could click on there and we can bring you a smoke alarm or a CO alarm if you're unable to purchase one on your own. So there's no, I mean, even if for those who maybe are struggling and don't have that kind of uh, income disposable for that. I mean, there's still a route. This is this is not this is not a nice to have. This is this saves lives. That's correct. And they, even if they don't have internet access, they can simply call the closest fire station. They will come out. They will bring batteries. They will bring a smoke alarm. That is the number one thing that saves lives. And there's so much that you guys do at the fire department. The people that is beyond just the realm of fire. Um, as you know, I'm a volunteer inactive right now because of, of the time that yes, city council taking up. We know. And it, a volunteer firefighter and 80, 80 plus 90% of the calls we went on were medical calls were car accidents, things like that. And, and the fires were few and far between. The other thing that people can utilize the fire department for is they can go to a fire station. Uh, if they're installing a, a child safety seat in a car mm. and get help with that. Right. Uh, I'm uh, not sure we do that part. Oh, we but, did at the volunteer station. Yeah. You guys need to add that to the repertoire. People would, would come by and, uh, and get help installing child safety seats and things like that. So yeah. uh, maybe look into that. Larkin yeah. kind of, you know, ran his own show out there. Uh, he was so like, so, you know, yeah. we'll oh, come right. out and cook your dinner, you know, just to show you uh, that we care. Back when I was there, we didn't even have a kitchen. They've installed a kitchen now. Chief, They've who expanded. would you say the worst volunteer uh, firefighter is in town? Like, just to, <laughs> like if you were to rank town, somebody. I think there's only one, but I, I really don't want to oh, pull that okay. out. <laughs> I, w- I have an idea of somebody. <laughs> Somebody's coming to mind. Um, um so one thing that you guys are up against in terms of trying to protect the public is that we have 60 people a day moving here. Uh, we have new houses, new businesses, all these things being built. Uh, and yet we have not opened a new fire station in probably a, a decade now. When was 42 opened it's over probably, on uh, it's probably close to that. Yeah. So about a decade ago, we opened station 42, which is across from the Eastland mall site, beautiful station. Um, but 
Station 43 is is on the horizon, on the near horizon. So what's the, the timeline? Where's that going to be? Uh, when will we break ground, and when can people expect that, that uh, there will be service provided out of that fire station? So uh, Station 43 is at uh, Clanton Road in the uh, South Tryon area. Uh, we're hoping to break ground uh, this spring, maybe late uh, April, May time frame, uh, to provide uh, an additional engine company there at least um, to uh, – to counteract the response times and the number of calls in that particular area. Well, I mean, that area is, I mean, blowing up. Uh, it's that, I mean, that, I guess that would cover South end, right? Or no, it could potentially, they could potentially go North towards South end, but there's, there's a lot uh, happening right there. Kind of right off the inter uh, off interstate 77 around Clanton as well. Um, so it wouldn't be the nearest one to South end. Cause there's one right there across from where the Liberty restaurant uh, used to be on South Boulevard, mm -hmm. but um, station two, I think. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, that, the point being, there's so much concentration, so much density and so many new people and new structures, um, that, you know, we have to continue to plan out new stations. Uh, what you said that will break ground in the spring and what was the timeline for it to be online? Uh, most, most fire stations will take you anywhere from 18 months to 24 months before okay. you actually have it open, completed and ready to go. It depends on weather and things of that nature. So we won't see that it, you know, the actual station opening up um, for that time period. But there's other options I can work with the city manager on as far as the personnel and the apparatus, maybe even earlier to start to, to counteract some of those that call volume in, in the area. And that type of growth is going on all over the city, as you all know, and we're constantly looking at other, other stations and other opportunities. We did put Engine 65 in service uh, June 30th uh, at 42, which gave us a second company in that station again to address a lot of the call volume so in other good news at the charlotte fire department there uh, have been a couple of promotions to deputy chief lately but one that made the news for being a first tell us a little bit about that yes uh chief cindy bonham was uh, promoted to deputy chief the first uh, female deputy chief uh in the city's history which is a, is a proud history for that moment and uh, she's very well respected uh, very well rounded in her, her capabilities and that took place uh, December 8th. So uh, very pleased to have her on board with my command staff. Not specific to Charlotte Fire Department, but just in general in fire department culture. Is it hard to be a woman in a, in, the, in a fire department? And is it hard to be a woman in leadership in a fire department? It really just depends on the culture of your departments. Um, like I said, Chief Bonham's very well respected. She's done her time on some very busy engine companies. And uh, But it, fire service in general, as you know, is a, is a male-dominated um, fire service as far as a job uh, but we're looking to change that there's a lot of places in the fire service where we have a lot of firsts um, there's been a number of firsts Anne Arundel County uh, in Maryland just announced their first female fire chief so there's a lot of firsts going on uh, in the in not only here in Charlotte but other fire departments and we're welcoming uh, we want to become more diverse workforce well congrats to Deputy Chief Bonham that's Big news and great news for our city. Uh, the other thing that now, when did you start? Back in was it April? Yeah, end of April. So you you've had some changes personnel wise, like we just discussed. You've also created some employee work groups uh, to tackle some challenges and opportunities that that you saw facing the department. Tell us a little bit about what they'll be working on and who they're comprised of. Okay, so I guess about uh, two years or so ago, we had a third party vendor come in and kind of evaluate and do a survey of the department. And they identified a number of recommendations and changes 
A good number of those, I think, were implemented prior to me getting here, uh, but we still had some loose ends to tie up. Uh, so we created uh, five work groups made up of uh, employees within the department from firefighter all the way up to division chief. That way we were able to encompass all ranks. Uh, the amount of time in service ranged from five years up to 30 years. We wanted to kind of touch base there. Does that include folks who are not in um – not actually firefighters, but are maybe in your administrative staff? or Yes, we do have what we're calling subject matter experts. We have some people from city HR, from fire HR, uh, as well as some other uh, civilian positions in there. I think you need to have a, a full gamut when you're, when you're looking at these work groups. So there's five work groups. We have a promotional process work group to kind of look at our promotional process in general and how we can improve that. Recruitment and hiring, just like I talked about, creating a more diverse workforce um, the other one was uh, staffing and human resources, which is mainly dealing with our staffing, vacation, just the day-to-day grind of how do we run a fire department with, with the number of people we have with 1,100 people. Uh, and then two other ones we kind of spun off on the fire department alone, which is incident response, which addresses what we were talking about as far as the city growing uh, and how we're able to counteract that. Uh, and then the last was the uh, rapid intervention crew or the RIC team, which is really that team is there for our safety. So really addressing some of the safety issues that uh, have been identified. So nine months is about what you've been in this role. Um, how would you characterize in that nine months how you've gotten a feel for the culture and and how morale is, is evolving and, and where you feel that is? And a lot of our listeners um, for the last year uh, are, are firefighters, and, and we've heard a lot of feedback from them. A uh, great group of folks. Just just curious on your take at the nine-month mark. So the, for the first uh, 60 days or so, I just wanted to come in and kind of do an evaluation. So met with a lot of people, including you two, just to kind of get your perspective on the on the fire department. Met with all the chief officers. Um, met with all the civilian staff to kind of get a, a picture of the department. Asked a lot of questions. And then from there, identified a few things that we needed to do immediately. Communication was the first thing. Uh, communicating from headquarters down to every kitchen table. Um, that's where we started the brown bag lunch thing to kind of get out and meet everybody. I like meetings at kitchen tables. Yeah. Especially at the firehouse. Just continue, Chief. Don't listen to them. <laughs> if you ever need a council member at any of those in there, uh, every every firehouse in Charlotte Fire Department that I have eaten lunch at, I have been well fed. Yes. So if you ever need someone to go along with any of those lunch meetings, I'm available. You guys pushed him out of the department, right? Can you push out volunteers? Is that what I'm happened? I'm not part of Charlotte Fire Department. They don't have volunteers. Look, I don't understand. Why don't you learn your what geography. you're talking about? Look, I don't know what's going on here, man. Long Creek Volunteer Fire Department is not a part of Charlotte let's Fire go Department. Ahead, let's go ahead and stop there. Chief, back to what you were saying. Yeah, before you try to say anything else <laughs> yeah, stupid. Right. So, uh, so just you getting out. You thought I was part of the Charlotte Fire Department? I haven't, Dude, I don't know. You say a bunch of stuff. I'm not always completely listening. I apologize. Let me let me give you a rundown. Can you explain some fintech related stuff to me? Because I've been no, told but you I plenty. I try to. All right, fair point. All right, back to you, Chief. All right, so I think we've identified a roadmap of where we're going. I think these work groups will kind of help us along the way, kind of identifying issues. They all have a scope. They all have a plan of what they're trying to improve, and that's kind of where we're going. We want to take the department from where we are, where we're very aggressive interior firefighters. Uh, we do a great job with EMS, one of the top CPR save rates in the country. I don't think we get enough credit for that. Um, so, so we do good work. Uh, we have some administrative things we need to clean up, and everybody's on board. And if, if we uni- unify and come together, we'll be able to do that. I still want to do uh, my ride-along. 
I wasn't going to keep pressuring you. No, no, it's good. It's, I mean, that, that is high on my list of things I want to experience. I mean, that's, that would just be a great experience to see that firsthand. Plus after my CMPD ride along, the one thing I remember from that is going to make a documentary of this. Sure. Of course I'm going to make a documentary and we're going to have a celebration at, yeah, one of, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna do the whole thing over again. The one thing I remember though is the cops are standing there. We go up on this on on the scene, and uh, and then the firefighters come on too. And he looks over at me. He's like, "Everybody loves firefighters. Nobody loves cops." And they're all like, "Yeah, they're here, the firefighters." And they're looking over at the cops with their like squinted eye. So, um, but it's not an easy job. job right? And 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 I I saw firsthand how you guys. And many times are at the same time, even before dropping into the same scenes, right? Yes. So, which actually uh, begs a, another good question. There is a graduation going on in just a week or two for a whole new slew of officers at CMPD that have gone through the CIT crisis intervention training, um, and it's something my wife actually used to teach in Durham to police officers. There is that something that you have gone? Um, is that a part of the curriculum for Charlotte Fire Department? You mean because as far as addressing... Uh, making sure that some of your firefighters are equipped to, to deal with those sort of crisis situations with mental health issues, because often the fire department's the first one that's arriving at the scene of whatever uh, is going on. And like I said, 90% of the time, not a fire. Right. Uh, and so it's something she came and did at Long... My wife came and, and gave that class or that talk at Long Creek to try to give people just a baseline knowledge of how to interact with someone if they're going through a mental health crisis. Um, it's critically important for our police officers. Uh, but I, th- I think it'd be valuable for the fire department too. Is it something that's been offered or has been considered? We did uh, have some uh, mental health training uh, just this past summer, which kind of scratches the surface on what I think you're talking about. Uh, we definitely should should have that uh probably looked at it in a little bit more depth, not only through recruit classes, but maybe through our officer development training as well to be able to kind of interact. Uh, because like you said, uh, we, we get there a lot of times before CMPD arrives and, and we need to be able to uh, identify a crisis situation and make sure that it's handled safely. And de-escalate or at least not uh, allow it to, to escalate. Yes. Um, well, great. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, before we let you back to your uh, your real work today? No, I just uh, want to reiterate the fire safety, you know, make sure you have a working smoke alarm, change the batteries every time uh, you change the clock. Um, they have new ones now that have batteries for 10 years. So if you get a new one for 10 years, you don't have to worry about doing that part of it. Do your escape plan. Make sure you uh, go on Charlotte Fire if you don't have a smoke alarm. Uh, you can get one for free. We'll come and install it. We'll bring you batteries. Is it charlottefire.gov? It's charlottenorthcarolina.gov. It's the city. I wrote it down. Google just Charlotte started. Fire. Yeah, you could do that. There, there, there's like Twitter handles and stuff like that too. But I think you're saying you can request the right. smoke detector yeah. directly on the website. Charlottenc.gov backslash fire. And right on it's there it bad. says uh, request a smoke or CO alarm. Awesome. You can do that. Well, good, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, sorry it took us this long, but we will we will have you back on soon or anytime you've got some news you want to share. And uh, we look forward to helping dig that first shovel's worth of dirt over at Station 43. Tark's sure a, sure, a big fan of groundbreaking. Make sure Larkin gets his invite and his shovel <laughs> and all that stuff. You know, he I mean, gets real bent out of shape if he's not, like, digging that dirt. But, Tark, I mean, is there anything more in my wheelhouse than a groundbreaking 
at a fire department. It, I, is there food? Station. Will there be food there? Of course. Well, then it's yeah. right up south. We never meet without Boom. having food, do we? Boom. The triple play. <laughs> awesome. Well, Chief, thank you so much thank for uh, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate and it. And we man. will talk thank to you, you soon. Thank you. Keep All up right. the good work. Thank you, guys. So we learned some valuable lessons here today. Hopefully, uh, we can help relay that message because right for, for fire-based fatalities is um is a lot for 24 days into the year so as the chief leaves we'll wrap with um what all what all do you have going on this week you were out of town with the fam nice to get some time away i'm sure we took took the kids to disney and let me just say the kids had an amazing time they really enjoyed it it was kind of the little one can the little one do anything there were some things you take you take them on yeah but like you know we, 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 we hired one of these, like, I don't know what it is, a caddy, a Disney caddy. <laughs> is this like, this is, he like stays with your kids. Like this is a Disney employee or Dude, this it, is like a, like a hired gun. It's a hired gun from like a, a side. Like there are two kinds of people in this world. Listen, <laughs> How well did you the, vet the, this? Person? There are two kinds of people in this world. There's people who have no idea what I'm talking about. And there's people that know exactly what I'm talking about. This Disney stuff is a cult. All right. And you, and like. They have made it. The caddy and you buy the pass. They have made it. They have made it so complicated to to get a pass and go to Disney that literally an entire industry has has come up of people who are like, I'll schedule it and navigate you around. They 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 go and they schedule. You have to get these fast passes, but you can only have one. And there's an hour window. And this guy, so he just basically like would stay out there and stand with the kids and tell us where to go next. And even with all that, let me just tell you. you know, it's just not a thing I enjoy. My friend Consuela has co-signed on your idea that uh, that Disney's a cult. It is. I mean, it, it totally is. It totally is. And uh, and here's the thing: when you're waiting for everyone else, and you take your one-year-old, and you're like, "Well, we have to get onto a ride," and we got on this thing. It's like the Progress Carousel. You ever heard of that thing? I, I haven't been. To Disney, Disney built it himself, I think. And once you're in, like, we sit down, and they make an announcement. They're like. Uh, okay, so if you're here, make sure you're here for the long haul because there's no exiting once this thing starts in 20 minutes, for 20 minutes. And then right when they lock the door, my, my youngest just starts screaming. I have no bottle. <laughs> and then these automated robots start saying, well, let's take you through 1950. We had an ice box. They're going through and every, it was, ugh, ah, I don't even know, man. <laughs> so let's just say, and then. And then, you know, it's a nice relaxing I was, I was on my way in the old family roadster <laughs> screeching into council meeting. That was my plan. And of course the, the nine hour trip no, took 11 family truckster. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just saying, man, like I hope these kids know what I've done for them and what they are the going to take of, what care was of me. The name of the park that Chevy chase drives to when it's closed. Uh, that's a good, are you about to stump me? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, something land. Oh, well that, yeah. Good, good one. Wally World. Wally World. Ah, you can't get me, man. Don't even try. What if you drink Disney try. and it didn't close? No, it's, no dude. No. You, you do enough. <laughs> they don't close. Dude, there, there's like six weeks of pre-work you have to do. You have to do diligence and like sign up for things. I'm telling you. So anyway, I digress. But all I'm saying is I'm sure there's an the app. kids will remember this. Oh, my wife just joined. We're talking about uh, Disney, sweetie. I'm, one, I'm sorry. The one-year-old is not going to remember Luckily, this. she just joined, so she didn't hear my recap. But I think she would agree that... Disney World is really a little tense in the family truckster. Well, I mean, we we were good. You know, it's at the end of like a 10, 11 hour trip where, you know, you're about to snap. Everyone's about to snap on everybody. We're not sure what's going on, but just don't go to Disney. Just, Just don't go. It probably helped that you conferenced into an intergovernmental committee meeting 
I was trying to, not to speak as much as possible because the kids were screaming. I so figured I was like, that they were. You're so like, I, oh, Turk, what do you think? I'm like, ah. We mostly just yes. like to hear the kids yelling <laughs> uh, through the Bluetooth yes. into the conference call. Yes. Um, All right, so what else happened? So while you're gone, obviously, uh, the Dr. Martin Luther King holiday, got to attend the breakfast and uh, Soledad O'Brien was the speaker at that. She was amazing. Um, got to attend a MLK luncheon that day over at um, eight, I'm still trying to get used to calling the, the hospitals by their new names, Atrium and uh, their College of uh, Health Sciences had Toussaint Romain who gave a really powerful uh, presentation uh, that I'd love for you to see sometime and I won't spoil uh, what the, the subject matter of that is but it kind of inverts history and looks at it if things had happened uh, in a different way. Wow. It's, it's really interesting uh, and he is, as you know, a very powerful speaker. Um we had the intergovernmental committee meeting on Tuesday, as well as our council meeting with rezonings, none of which were particularly interesting. You had one you might want to mention. Oh, no, my, my spokesman can handle yeah. that for me. Uh, you, you sent me in a, a I, remark I, to make uh, thanking Lincoln Harris. You didn't for, read the whole thing. I didn't, because the end of it was just an insult to me. It was. It was. Um, Thank, well, clearly, it's a good thing you didn't. Which I had to like hold my thumb over so that I didn't just keep reading. <laughs> uh, and then thankfully to the Charlotte Business Journal for saying... Tark, who was absent from the meeting, had, had his Eggleston spokesman read. <laughs> read Larkin. So I think they kind of they kind of jabbed both of us there. That was nice. Um, but yeah, but that Lincoln Harris deal. If you don't know, and you're in District Six, um, uh, around Carnegie behind Piedmont Row, um, where the the Legion Brewing is, and and uh, all that stuff. That one plot that's open in, in that middle area, uh, we approved the the rezoning there to make that this really cool looking tower that's going to be. Um, that's, I think, I think they did a good job in the Tower design of terror. Tower of terror. Yeah. We wrote that. We wrote that. I have a picture. I'll show you later. Um, it, it's going to be a cool mix of did Charlie wrote that. No. Oh, Chase did though. Oh, okay. He liked it. Yeah. He, he walked out of the ride and said his first Daddy, words out I of it. A little. No, he said that blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. Are you a hippie now? Yeah. I don't know. So it's going to, but it, it takes, it takes some new kind of funky cutting edge office classy design but it also marries it a little bit with like the past of what south park is so it'll look different but it'll be a throwback to the old um as well so uh, i'm pretty excited about that uh yesterday morning was the partners in tourism awards the charlotte regional visitors authority put on and uh the headline there best restaurant of the year haberdish really yeah so have you been to haberdish yet over in noda i think so i know about it but i haven't been phenomenal is it phenomenal well, I'm gonna trust it's, it's you. It's like nap time food, though. I mean, it's, oh. yeah, don't don't go like right before a big meeting or okay, you know, Charlie's dance recital or something. You'll there you be, go. You'll be knocked out. Bingo. Or uh, maybe do I don't know. Do you watch Netflix? Uh, yeah, we've been we watched the Fire Festival documentary. This, oh yeah, I saw that, which is uh, really interesting. Uh, let me. Can I recommend something t- to you? Slobby's World. Please watch it. Uh, any sort of a. Overview? It's it's this like real not. He's a looks disheveled kind of dude. You know, he's all into '90s pop culture, and he has a shop that he sells like refurbished stuff. I've got I made my wife start watching it too, and he's like he wears like you know he's got gold chains and all this stuff, but he like sells like it's like a '90s pawn shop. Yeah, but he he sells like rare rare sneakers. All the sneaker heads go there. Hats, um, a lot of like. Uh, polo ralph loren like original things they so find is different than that like pawn shops show well, it's cool <laughs> it's all 90s stuff like and then they'll dive into the history of like 
you know, so it's like Maury Boogie Boards. It's like an- or, Antique Roadshow mixed with Pawn Stars. Yeah, but there's and there's something else missing in there, too. Like, it, it, it's the third leg of the stool. Saved by the Bell. No, that's that's too early. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know. I'll yeah, think of it. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. I'm probably not going to MTV Jams. It. But um, the Fire Festival documentary, very good. I've heard the one on Hulu is as well. Uh, it will really make you hate uh, the main character. If you're also looking for something else to watch on HBO, uh, True Detective. Another killer season is is in in the in the midst right now. So we have veered severely off course into. We TV don't normally reviews. go that hard, yeah, and in, in, of a right hand turn there. But um, okay, yeah, let's just call it. A, let's just call it an episode. And, Where are we uh, going next? Take us out with uh, what's coming oh, yeah, up in the so next week. We will be headed down. I'm taking the train. You're welcome to join because uh, I have not gotten to see the new Union Station in Raleigh, the Amtrak station downtown. Uh, I'm going to be taking the Amtrak, which is only like. 32 bucks. Yep. Um, and I hate driving on Interstate 85, mm-hmm. so that's very appealing. I'll probably do that. So I'm going to take that out Sunday morning. Uh, we will be in Raleigh from Sunday, Sunday to morning? Well, like Sunday midday. Okay. Um, we'll be in Raleigh from Sunday to Wednesday. Our annual strategy planning meeting, whatever retreat, it starts Monday morning. goes through about Wednesday at lunchtime. And... Um, so we did an episode. We did an episode last year at that with Mayor Lyles. Mm. Uh, we'll pull her back in. I'm hoping that maybe while we're down there, we can grab the new, uh, soon-to-be new city attorney, uh, who's still finishing up his time in Durham. I might be able to grab him and get a quick interview. Uh, I know we've got some some special high-profile elected guests that are going to be popping in d- through the course of those. We're going to ambush them. We're going to ambush them. Yes. Yes. So have your phone ready. Got it. Uh, so we might. We might do an episode somewhere in the middle of that. We might do an episode as a recap, or, or maybe we'll we'll put a couple little things out there as we get them. But um, stay tuned. We'll have some special guests for sure. We'll recap the retreat. Uh, that will be in lieu of our normal meeting next week. So um, look for an episode somewhere in the Monday to Wednesday time frame. Beautiful. That was 51, my friend. We are, we are over the hill and, and on our way to the century mark. Indeed. Indeed. Well, All thanks. Right. Spokesman, I appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, one other. I mean, one other relevant thing that happened. I think while you were gone, is it a Netflix show? No, it's that uh, County Commissioner Trevor Fuller announced he's running for the United oh, States yeah, Senate. Oh yeah, I saw that uh, against Tom Tillis. So, uh, congrats to him on what will be a an a hard uh, a hard two years of uh, of campaigning. But oh. uh, first high profile. Democrat that's announced. Uh, someone else had announced about a year and a half ago, but not nearly as well known. Not an elected official, um, but so uh, so Trevor's kind of out in front now. We'll see who else gets in the mix. And uh, there is uh, rumored to be this evening another Democratic announcement about Lieutenant Governor, uh, someone running for Lieutenant Governor, uh, who you know and who I know well, and I'm very excited about. And uh, so I've already talked to him. We will have him on the show soon. I believe there's another one within the next week that we'll also be announcing for Lieutenant Governor. On, on your side? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have, maybe we can host like the official Lieutenant Governor debate. If we're friends with all of them on either side, let's bring yeah. them in. I, I don't know uh, how many Six actual Six people debate- enter. Yeah. One person Cage, leave. We, like in a cage match format. Cage match. Like Monday Night Raw. All right. We'll, we'll work Kenny on Smith that. would love that. Monday Night Raw. That's his thing. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. All right. We're out. Hey,